For over 50 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green provides you with the kind of personalized help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, customer service, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. Don't forget to tune in next week. My wonderful co-host, Dana Lake, will be back. We have special guests every week, and kudos to my producers and the whole team that gets this show going, because week after week after week, we have some of the most inspiring, some of the most interesting guests that in the entire industry of natural health and wellness. And today, folks, is absolutely no exception to that. Today, we have an amazing special guest on, Dr. Jill Carnahan, who is very well known as a functional medicine expert across the country and has an amazing story and amazing expertise to share with us. And we're going to be discussing an incredibly important topic. We have her for the majority of the show, but I'm going to just get right to it because I don't want to waste another minute of me talking. I really want to hear her for an introduction. Dr. Jill Carnahan completed her residency at the University of Illinois program in family medicine at Methodist Medical Center. In 2006, she was voted by faculty to receive the Resident Teacher of the Year Award and elected to Central Illinois' 40 Leaders Under 40. She received her medical degree from Loyola University's Stritch School of Medicine in Chicago and her Bachelor's of Science degree in Bioengineering at the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana. She is duly board-certified in family medicine and integrative holistic medicine. She was also part of the first 100-plus healthcare practitioners to be certified in functional medicine through the Institute of Functional Medicine. In 2008, Dr. Carnahan's vision for health and healing resulted in the creation of Methodist Center for Integrative Medicine in Peoria, Illinois, where she served as the medical director for two years. In 2010, she founded Flatiron Functional Medicine in Boulder, Colorado, where she partnered in functional medicine with medical partner Dr. Robert Roundtree. She recently opened a brand new medical clinic with a broad range of services in Louisville, Colorado. Dr. Carnahan is also a 14-year survivor of breast cancer and Crohn's disease and passionate about teaching patients how to live well and thrive in the midst of complex and chronic illness. She is also committed to teaching other physicians how to address underlying cause of illness rather than just treating symptoms through the principles of functional medicine. She's a prolific writer, speaker, and loves to infuse others with her passion for health and healing. Dr. Carnahan, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you so much for the beautiful and kind introduction. I'm delighted to be here with you today. Thank you. So we touched on it a little bit in the introduction, and this keeps coming up show after show after show. And as we talked about before we started recording, I find that the healers that I have and the the physicians and doctors and other people that I have on this show that oftentimes are the most inspiring and are the most driven to spread a message and help other people are the ones that have been through their own health challenges. We touch upon in your bio how you have had a history of some very challenging illnesses, including breast cancer, which, I mean, cancer, it's very challenging, severe autoimmune condition like Crohn's disease, and I believe there are some others. So I'd love, Dr. Carnahan, for you to just take a minute and help the listeners understand how you got on this path and your 
experience and your own healing journey? You bet. I love to share because although I'm a very, very private person, I've felt like part of all of this journey and my own uh, overcoming the illnesses has really, like you said, it's driven me. And I have such a passion for reaching others who are suffering and maybe feeling hopeless because I've been there myself. And in hindsight, I was born to overcome adversity. I know that now. I've had so many challenges, and I know I can overcome adversity. And if anything that your listeners take home today, I want to just encourage them that they, even if they're in the midst of the deepest, darkest suffering or illness, there's always hope. And for me, that's been a lifelong theme, that overcoming adversity and um, the, the fact that there's always hope, no matter how dark it seems. Mm-hmm. So I was going along pretty healthy and well in, through my college years and into um, medical school. And I was 25 years old. I was a third-year medical student. And that was back before the work hour regulations. So I was working very long, tedious hours, um, sometimes 36-hour shifts at a time. And um, through the whole month, we'd have a total of four days off. So it was quite intensive. And I loved it. I mean, I love a challenge. I um, put myself 100% into everything that I do. And I loved it. But as you can imagine, uh, my health was suffering a little bit just from the stresses of lack of sleep, not always the best food, the stresses of performing and and being there and uh, learning and all of that stuff. And in hindsight, I think all of the stresses definitely contributed to um, the diagnosis that I got at that time. I was um, in one of my rotations, and I remember coming home and kind of noticing a, a lump on my left breast. I did not think anything of it. I was taught in medical school well that 25-year-old women don't get breast cancer. The risk is very low. and um, But I did was concerned because it wasn't normal. And at the insistence of my husband at that time, I went and got an ultrasound and, and then a mammogram. And I remember um, wanting to learn everything. So I asked the radiologist, hey, can I look at the, the x-rays of the mammograms with you and you can show me what they, they uh, show. And I remember sitting there with him and looking over at him and seeing his face, mm. kind of the shock. I had this sense that there was something gravely wrong. And as he explained it to me, he looked over at me and he said, well, Jill, if you were 55 years old, this is highly indicative of intracellular carcinoma or cancer. And, but... Just like for me, but you're 25, let's get an ultrasound and let's get a biopsy and see what's going on. So at that moment, very early on, I knew that there was, I had this, you know, sense of impending something serious, but I still didn't believe it. I mm-hmm. went and got a biopsy. And, uh, and, and mind you, I was in medical school. So my surgeons and my professors, they were like the person who did my surgery was a close colleague and teacher and friend. So she called me two days after the surgery with the biopsy results, and I, I remember hearing her voice crack, and just mm. she said, Jill, I don't even know how to tell you this, but you have a very aggressive breast cancer, ductal carcinoma. Um, it's spread outside the basement membrane, which just means it's possibly spread all over your body. As you can imagine, I felt like my life just stopped. You don't even hardly hear the words when you hear that diagnosis. And, you know, 25-year-olds, all people, all my patients in their teens and 20s, they kind of think they're invincible. And I was no different. I did not expect this diagnosis at 25. And as you can imagine, as a woman, this attacks breast. This is a sexuality and humanness of being a woman. It was a big deal. And I didn't know at that moment if I was going to live six months or six years or decades. So now people see me. I'm healthy. I'm totally overcome the cancer. But... At that moment, I did not know if I was going to live even months. 
And as I take on everything, I took on this, the battle of my life and I was determined. Like I said, my, my drive is so strong to live my will to live and overcome. And I started to come out through all of these experiences and I knew I was going to overcome this. I didn't know how, but I knew that if I just dug deep enough and found the resources and the people to support me. So what I did was I pursued kind of the most aggressive treatment possible just to give me the best chance. I had three drug chemotherapy, which was incredibly toxic, but possibly saved my life. Mm-hmm. I had followed by radiation and I went to see a specialist that did a very integrated or a, a new type of, it was integrative, but it was a new type of radiation called brachytherapy. So I kind of had some really neat options. And then I had multiple surgeries before all of the treatment. So I went through like a nine to 12 month period of intense therapy. I became very, very ill and malnourished. I lost all my hair. I mean, the classical cancer patient. And in um, March of the following year, this was 2001, so March of 2002, I finally was uh, considered cured. The cancer was gone, and I'd overcome. But uh, physically, I was a mess. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, again, very, very malnourished, very sick, very, very tired, um, very weak. And, um, And just really, the chemotherapy had done a number on my system. And shortly after, I began having cyclical fevers. And uh, loose stools and bleeding and um, ended up having an abscess. And I didn't know what was going on. I just thought it was a side effect of all that therapy. And I let it go a little while and I became more malnourished and more weak and more sick. And the fevers were every day. And I finally uh, saw a surgeon and got the diagnosis of Crohn's disease just six months after I beat cancer. Oh, wow. So then. <laughs> and, all, and, all the, and all the wire, while, are you still a medical school student? <laughs> Yes. Oh yes, goodness. I did take. It's so funny because again, my mind is like, no, I'll I'll just keep going in medical school and do the chemo and do all this, and then I realized with the chemotherapy, there's no way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did take a six to nine month leave of absence for my treatment, but I was back literally a month after I finished chemotherapy and radiation. I was back in rotation. Wow. So during the Crohn's diagnosis, I was back working full time, doing full time medical school, and again, very very sick. <laughs> I, I hit it well. I don't think people really knew, um, but I got this diagnosis of Crohn's and I met with a gastroenterologist again at my um, Loyola Medical School. And it was so interesting because at that point, I just, I always knew nutrition and wellness was something I wanted to pursue, but I wasn't completely, you know, um, prolific or educated in it at that time. But I knew intuitively there was more to it than just drugs and surgery. And my gastroenterologist basically told me, you're going to need steroids. We're going to start those right away. You're going to need immune modulating drugs. You probably will have multiple surgeries over your lifetime. This is incurable. And he was, he was pretty negative. Wow. And I remember asking him about diet. And he just said, Jill, that diet has nothing to do with this. Hmm. I didn't know a lot, Kevin, but I knew that wasn't true. And yep. in my heart of hearts, I knew it wasn't true. And I literally fired him. I never went back. And I started searching and digging. And I came across shortly after Elaine Gottschall's specific carbohydrate diet. Mm-hmm. And she had, she had uh, had great success with ulcerative colitis and some Crohn's as well. So I thought, what do I have to lose? I mean, I was very disciplined. I had no problem changing my diet, and I did. And literally within two weeks, I was almost symptom-free. Um, now, I wasn't cured by any means. It took me many more years to completely overcome, but I was, uh, I was such a dramatic difference that I, that to me has forever impressed in my mind the power of diet and food on our illness and our health. Yeah. So I, then, I, then yeah. I, yeah, I, can, I no. was going to say, I just I continued on that plan, that plan and continued to heal and have looked and that's one reason I've become a gut expert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, well, I'm sure your body desperately needed lots of nutrition in that diet. Not only, I'm sure, helped you know heal some of your gut, but all of the malnutrition after the chemotherapy. I'm sure that diet was incredibly restorative and probably set the stage for you to be able to you know maintain health and overcome other challenges in the future. Um, you know, because we know chemotherapy is so so taxing on the gut. Those are incredible stories, Dr. Carnahan. And you know, I guess we're going to have to take a quick break, but. Having gone through some of these incredibly challenging experiences, I think people go through challenging experiences every day, and sometimes it's in the form of health issues, sometimes it's emotional issues related to loss or grief or other challenges in life. You've been through a lot, and you've persevered, and you've done incredibly well. What are some of the traits that you think you have that make you such a fighter and a survivor and what would you kind of advice would you give to other people that are struggling with any kind of adversity in life health or not you bet i always see the best whether it's in uh, a potential in people or the the best about the possibilities in the future i'm an internal optimist and you know sometimes that that can be difficult because you have this little bubble of beauty and sometimes you don't see the reality which can be hard and, and painful but I have always used that as a coping mechanism, and it has served me very well. Oh, so I always believe in miracles. I always believe in, I always, when I see people or, or get to know people, I always see the good in them mm-hmm. and not the bad. I love to, to, to uh, take an opportunity that seems hopeless or difficult and find the uh, silver lining. That's just who I am, and um, I know that served me really well. Um, I also think that just the drive, and I'm kind of stubborn. My background is German and French, and I have this stubborn drink, but it's also served me very well because I'm like, I will overcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will not let it beat me. And and that drive and stubbornness has actually been a huge asset in this as well. Well, those are two amazing characteristics, and many experts have looked at what makes people happy and why are people happy and why is it that some people go through life challenges and end up very depressed and sad and and don't get through them well and other people do and it has so much to do with seeing the good and seeing the good in the situations and having optimism and vulnerability and staying positive and seeing the best in the situation because if that's what you focus on oftentimes that is what you get so those are that those are some of the most important life lessons and you have learned them and lived them. And it's just an honor always to hear somebody who has not just read the book and, you know, says that that's what they're going to do when life gets hard. You did it. So I appreciate you telling us us your story. And when we come back from the break, let's start talking about other aspects of your story and really some of the medical side of it, because through this journey, you have learned some of the most amazing things in as far as ways to help support the body through challenging times and just to support overall health and wellness. So we want your expertise and your insight into that, Dr. Carnahan. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after these words. Solgar number seven can help you feel the difference. Solgar number seven actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number seven is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number seven help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar Number 7 says yes. Solgar Number 7, available at Village Green Apothecary. 
New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Are you under a lot of stress these days? Pressure from your job, personal life, politics? It can all take a serious toll on your health, but we can help. Village Green Apothecary can help you achieve a healthier lifestyle with our wide range of nutritional supplements, health-related books, and more. We've been providing customized nutrition and healthy living resources for over 50 years, and we'll take the time to advise you about your unique needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognisure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognisure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognisure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognisure. Remember Cognisure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't meet? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. Our expert team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths who can offer you advice on nutritional products and personalized healthy living plans. We also offer specialized lab and micronutrient testing to our customers. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. Today, we have a wonderful special guest, Dr. Jill Carnahan. She is a very well-known functional medicine integrative physician. Her private practice is in Boulder, Colorado. You can learn more about her, and she has a ton of amazing resources for free on her website. You can go to www.jillcarnahan.com, J-I-L-L-C-A-R-N-A-H-A-N.com. And Dr. Carnahan in the last segment was discussing with us her own personal experiences with some very challenging health conditions, including breast cancer and uh, Crohn's disease, which is an autoimmune condition that affects the digestive system. And in this segment, and the main topic of the show today actually is going to be a very important topic related to an environmental toxin that many people are not aware of that can be absolutely devastating to health. So Dr. Carnahan, I will set it up that way. I would love for you to take it from here. You bet. Um, so if, if cancer and Crohn's wasn't enough, I was rolling along, doing very well in my health, and uh, moved to Boulder, as you mentioned, in 2010, started my own clinic. And uh, we moved to a new location in 2013. And uh, in 2013, Boulder had an epidemic flood of mm-hmm. just major proportions, yep. really affected the entire city. And um, my office, in hindsight, did get flooded in the basement. It was a two-story building, and I was on the second floor right above um, basement area. Um, Again, I didn't think a whole lot of that. And before all of this happened to me, I knew mold could cause allergies and could affect people's health, but not anything to the extent until I experienced it. 
But what happened is um, shortly after 2000, uh, about a year later, which is pretty typical as the, you know, water goes down and all the water saturated, um, you know, um, drywall and surfaces uh, start to grow mold. And I started getting short of breath and I had been running, you know, 10 Ks and very, very active and physically fit prior to that. And I noticed going up the stairs in my office, I would get short of breath and I wasn't able to run like I'd get burning in my lungs, almost like new onset asthma diagnosis. And then my immune system, um, which is often affected by mold, was really, I could call it crashing. I would get all kinds of skin infections and respiratory infections, and just I knew there was something up with my immune system. I started becoming more tired. I would leave the office and have very red bloodshot eyes, like an allergic reaction. I'd have skin with scalp um, issues and rashes and dermatitis and everything. And I kind of knew, you know, mold could affect the immune system and the respiratory system predominantly, but I also was in denial. And I always give patients a little bit of leeway when we talk about this and when I have this um, sense that there might be mold in their environment because a lot of people are not ready to hear it yep. because it doesn't usually involve it usually involves a change. It could be leaving your workplace or your mm-hmm. job. It could be getting rid of all your belongings. I mean, I always equate it almost to like a fire or flood where you lose everything because if it's very serious in your home or work, a lot of your belongings may have to go. Um, so bottom line was I was a little suspicious, but I waited months before I tested because I didn't really want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I was in denial. And I finally, I tested the building and I tested um, urinary mycotoxins, which isn't a perfect test, but for me, it was a place to start. I mm-hmm. tested some blood work. Everything pointed to an issue with mold. And then when we found stachybotrys, which is a very toxic, mm-hmm. black, sticky mold, in the basement of my office, I knew that was the culprit. And um, I literally, it was December 26th of 2014, and the day after Christmas, I found out all the data kind of pulled to one to the point that it was mold. And I literally had, didn't go back into my office at, after that point. I, I started working out of my home for about a month, and we started the transition to try to figure out how I was going to leave. I sold everything in my office. I gave away all of my medical books that had been collected for probably 20 years mm. because books especially are porous. So one thing I learned is health is, is so important that things really don't matter when it comes to whether it's relationships or health or things that really are important. Um, and it was not a huge, I mean, it was, it was a loss, but I had no problem giving away all of that stuff to start over because I knew that my health was more important. Um, so I really started over I went to temporary office space in one of those like, you know, cubicle type places where I, I wasn't a very good place to practice medicine, but it, it got me by for a few months until I got a new lease in a safe environment. And, and I literally started over in the beginning of 2015. Wow. So you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned a specific type of mold species and, you know, we talk about mold. There's always going to be places where there's darkness and some dampness, whether it's a basement or a crawl space. And, you know, usually if you test a home, you'll find some degree of mold species present. So, like, can you help us understand, first of all, specific types of mold species and then further help us understand what type of situations or environments really become breeding grounds for mold and what people need to really watch out for in their home or or offices? You bet. Um, 
couple of things that are important. First of all, not everyone is affected the same way. And this is really important to understand because you can have a whole family or, for example, my work environment. There was one or two of us that were affected. I was by far affected the worst. And there was a lot of people in that same building that had no ill effects. So it's very confusing, whether it's, you know, government regulation guidelines or whatever, of how you can have the same people in the same environment and some get sick and some don't. And if you understand that, you can see some some people in that environment, it has to do with genetics. Mm -hmm. There's something called HLA typing, and there's different risk stratification of that. And if you have one of the very high-risk genes, like me, we call them the dreaded genotypes, we can get very sick and we can't clear those toxins. So it kind of perpetually stimulates the immune system in this auto-inflammatory response, and all kinds of very bad things happen. I mean, you can become deathly ill um, from that, whereas the other people around you will be fine or maybe be a slight allergy, but nothing serious. So that's the first thing. And then as far as the types of mold and the types of damage, it's estimated about 25% or one in four buildings in the U.S. have water damage. Schools, courthouses are especially affected. So sadly, a lot of our school children are in moldy buildings, a lot of our government officials in moldy buildings, and then homes. Um, and you would think like dry areas like New Mexico would be safe, but because of the temperature swings and the precipitation with condensation of you know air conditioning units and stuff, there still are um, episodes of mold in those types of environments. For sure, flooding and uh, damage, like say your um, your washer leaks or your sink has a leak or um, there's a flood in your basement or leakage from the walls or the sump pump overflows, all of those things are at risk because if you don't take care of it appropriately and literally cut out the water damaged areas, not just dry them off, um, they are of a nidus for mold and that can grow. Um, there are... Um, uh, differences between types of mold. There's some, like I mentioned, the stachybotrys, the Wallaria, the Catomiums, and certain types of Aspergillus and Penicilliums. Those are, are can be much more toxic and um, to the immune system. And then there's some that are more outdoor molds, and uh, we can differentiate those with testing and, and decide, you know, what's what's probably toxic and not. So you kind of have the combination of the types of mold, the amount of mold, and um, then the person's genetics. And if you can imagine, you know, outdoor molds, molds are very diluted. So we always say dilution is the, is the solution to pollution because if you have airflow, um, that's one of your best safety factors. So if you're outside, you have a lot of dilution of those molds. And usually people don't get sick from outdoor molds. It's much more common, you know, super efficient buildings that are airtight and then the mold levels get very high. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very overwhelming in some ways because almost anywhere that you've lived or worked, there's probably been some water damage, you know? So then the question is, well, did it set the stage for a lot of mold growth? And if it did, did it grow a type of mold that could be significantly toxic in a significant amount? And then also, am I the type of person that is possibly susceptible to that mold? You kind of briefly mentioned something about genetics. I think people should understand that, you know, can you explain what is it about mold that can be so devastating to somebody's health, like like exactly how it influences the body, because you breezed over it, but I think it's a really important mechanism to understand. And if people understand it, it drives home the, the possibility of how severe it can be. You bet, and I totally agree that understanding that genetics, so it's called HLA-DR typing, and it can be done through any major lab like Quest or LabCorp or any of those. Um, and what it does is they've taken several thousand uh, patients and, and put, in, get put together the data on the types that are at the highest risk. 
What this is, is this is our immune sampling system. It's a similar part of the genetics for mold or actually the celiac genetics as well because that's also a sampling of the immune system. It's like the arm or the Pac-Man of the immune system, I often call it, where you're sampling external things and deciding if it's a threat to the body. And so the average patient might have a really a good sampling system and have be able to um, identify and tag the mold and get rid of it out of the body um, or, or see it as an appropriate threat and respond accordingly. The patients who have the genetics, the HLA-DRs that are higher risk, they basically um, can't identify or tag these bad antigens, and so that it overstimulates the immune system and causes this uh, vicious cycle of ongoing damage. And it's actually many times not just the mold, but the immune system itself becomes overreactive and causes collateral damage. So mm-hmm. it's the patient's own overactive immune system that can cause some of the damage. Right. So the immune system's really trying to clear these things out of the system and our immune system works to respond to any type of foreign invader, whether it be a virus or bacteria or a mold spore or toxin by creating pathways and and engaging pathways of inflammation. Right. And so if it can't clear it, those pathways of inflammation can become very chronic and can start manifesting in very difficult ways. One of the other major problems with mold, right, Dr. Carnahan, you can comment on this is that the toxins that mold release are are unique in some ways from a, from a size standpoint they're incredibly small and microscopic and also very fat soluble so when they get into our system and our body tries to detoxify them because they're so small and because they're fat soluble they're easily reabsorbed back into circulation after being detoxified by the liver put into the gallbladder and then dumped into the GI system, and even people with decent ability to clear mold can still become very, very sick if in a bad circumstance because these are just difficult toxins to eliminate, and those toxins continue to circulate and cause many symptoms, neurological symptoms, fatigue, chronic inflammation. I've seen it really affect people's endocrine systems with major crashes in pituitary function, hormone function, thyroid function. They can be incredibly neurotoxic, correct? That's exactly right. Yeah. And they're literally lipophilic. So just yeah. like when we use phosphatidylcholine to drive nutrients into the cells, these are that like that in the sense that they can go right through membranes without any transport. They're so small mm-hmm. and they can really accumulate in the body. And typically, not only do the patients have the HLA um, typing that's high risk, but they have really poor detox genetics mm-hmm. too, like myself. Yeah. So then they have trouble with detox as well. Mm-hmm. Just become highly, highly susceptible to mold-related problems. So when we come back from the break, let's let's talk about a few more things. I'd like to talk about number one, you know, symptoms, just like we talked about. Everybody sort of knows that a building they've worked in or a house they lived in, the tubs leak, the faucets leak, there's rain leakage, you know, but what are the symptoms? Because it's a, it's a, can be a vague presentation. I think that's really important. And then we could talk about some testing and some other action steps that people can take to determine number one, if they may be in an environment that contains a significant amount of mold that may be affecting their health. And number two, what steps to take in order to prevent mold problems in the future. So this is Dr. Kevin Passero with the essentials of healthy living here on AM 1500. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be back with Dr. Carnahan right after these words. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. Mega Food believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. Mega Food, from farm to tablet, 
Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of Fit Food, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of Fit Food contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MCTs. Fit Food provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed pure Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's NeuroOptimizer comes to the rescue. NeuroOptimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. NeuroOptimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. NeuroOptimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green. Apothecary. Did you know at Village Green Apothecary, we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle today and every day. At Village Green, we care about our customers. We've been providing the best nutrition and healthy living products for over 50 years. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I'm your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. My wonderful co-host, Dana Lake, will be returning next week. Today, we are talking with Dr. Jill Carnahan. She is a renowned functional medicine expert, a uh, board-certified physician specializing in a more integrative approach to health at her clinic in Boulder, Colorado. And you can learn more about Dr. Carnahan by visiting her website. There are a bunch of free resources information to read there. It's www.jillcarnahan.com, J-I-L-L-C-A-R-N-A-H-N.com. Dr. Carnahan, in the last segment, we started getting a little bit more into this issue of mold. I think one of the most confusing components of mold is how to figure out if that's what's affecting you. It's a similar type of presentation. It can be at least to chronic Lyme disease and other chronic illnesses where the diagnosis can be really tricky. Standard lab tests don't typically pick it up. And then people just have this broad sort of, you know, swath of symptoms that don't really add up. Maybe there's fatigue, some joint pain, maybe their memory is getting bad. You know, it's, it's, unless you know what it looks like, it's very hard to identify. So help us understand a little bit more about what to look for as far as presentations, you know, that people may have so that somebody can identify if they're having problems. Could this be a mold problem and do I need to look into this further? You bet. Um, I'm going to kind of list some things and just tell a little bit of details about them so that, you know, listeners can can maybe hear the symptoms. And there is um, a number of uh, 
there's a cluster analysis I use through these symptoms, and if they have any any a certain number of symptoms, um, then they'll qualify as testing for that. But I'm just going to go run through them. Fatigue and weakness are very very common, and that's obviously many many different things can cause fatigue and weakness. But those are are almost always present in mold related illness. Um, headaches and light sensitivity, and especially what we call ice pick pain. So these very sharp stabbing, typically in the head, but it could be anywhere in the body, and it's very it's literally like an ice pick, a very sharp stabbing pain. Um, the, you mentioned the brain. The brain is profoundly affected. So people will have poor memory, difficult word finding is a very specific one. So patients will be, you know, going through and they just can't think of a word or they're typing and they can't think of a word they want to type or they'll type the wrong word when they're trying to type a different word. That's very common and, and uh, somewhat unique to mold. Difficult concentration. So people will find they're just, you know, having trouble with concentration, like if they had ADHD, but a new onset. Um, stiffness, joint pain, very common. So often patients will feel like they are extremely stiff when they get out of bed and they can have different types of joint pain, the back, the, you know, uh, shoulders, the knees, the hips. Um, unusual skin sensations are fairly common, numbness or tingling, almost like a neuropathy. I've had patients who describe, you know, one side of their face felt very numb. They have uh, tingling in their fingertips or toenails. And um, shortness of breath, sinus congestion, cough. We mentioned the respiratory stuff, as in my story. Patients will often have difficulty with exercise intolerance. So all of a sudden they go like me from running and active to very limited ability to exercise due to shortness of breath. The sinuses are profoundly affected, as are the lungs. So the congestion in the sinuses, the pressure, sinus infections, or they might have a chronic cough. Um, appetite. So this is because of leptin resistance, which is induced by mold. And what usually happens here is patients, especially females, are more prone to this, men as well, but they can have a massive weight gain in a short amount of time that's very, very disturbing because they haven't changed anything with their diet or exercise. I've literally seen 30, 40, 50-pound weight gains in three months. Mm. It's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, body temperature regulation issues, they can be intolerant to cold or, or heat or have hot flashes. Um, increased urinary frequency and increased thirst. There's a form of diabetes insipidus that can occur with mold, which is regulation of vasopressin or ADH. It's dysregulated, so the body doesn't get the signal that there's dehydration and needs to conserve water. So they will drink and pee and drink and pee, and they're always thirsty. They're actually somewhat dehydrated, and they can't regulate that hydration issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned the mucous membranes, red eye, blurry vision. Those are very common. Um, Mood swings, depression, anxiety is not uncommon. The gut is affected. Surprise, surprise. Um, Mold is one of the most toxic things to the tight junctions in the gut and the lining of the enterocytes. And so you frequently see abdominal pain, diarrhea, bloating, gas. They may have fungal dysbiosis or SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or any number of gut issues at the same time. Um, metallic taste in the mouth is uh, somewhat common, and feeling uh, vertigo, spinning sensation, or lightheaded. And then perhaps one of the most unique things is because of the ADH dysregulation, the patients will often sweat, um, just like a patient with cystic fibrosis, they'll have a salt gradient on their skin. So because of that, they actually have a very high propensity to static shocks, and some patients will even break watches and electronics. Mm. Wow. There's so many different symptoms. It could literally present. There's a bunch of other symptoms that could present in the same way. So, yeah, I mean, that that this is where it kind of gets, um, you know, tricky. Somebody may be having some of those symptoms and saying, geez, do, am I suffering with mold issues? So then the next step, because it's not 
It's not like a like a simple thyroid disorder or a liver problem or a kidney problem. You can't just walk into your doctor and say, hey, doc, I want a blood test for mold. So, you know, the yes. symptoms are very vague and broad. So if somebody has experienced symptoms like that, I mean, number one, there's all the warning signs, right? I mean, of course, if you know there's been water damage and you know there's an area of your home where you see, you know, black growing up on the wall or you smell that musty, really bad smell or you see evidence of stained ceilings and, you know, I mean, things like that are obviously very clear outward signs of mold risk, but sometimes those don't always exist even when mold is happening. So if we focus on the actual, the the person who's experiencing it without a easy way to diagnose, like what is the next step for somebody that may be experiencing symptoms like this and they're wondering, is mold affecting me? How do they start lining up a plan to get a potentially proper diagnosis? Yes, and unfortunately, like just like functional medicine, there's not a huge amount of doctors that are very uh, savvy on this diagnosis, so it can be difficult to find someone close by to them. But there are some things they can do themselves. Um, first of all, the, the signs of, of a mold in your environment, obviously visible mold, um, musty smells, like, like moldy, musty smells. Those are VOCs from mold. And so if you have a moldy, musty smelling basement, there is mold until proven otherwise. So just observation and um, his, history of water leaks and stuff, that alone can be helpful to start to proceed in this. And if they had one test, the thing that I think is most important is to determine the genetics, because if you have a high-risk gene, then you are at risk. And if you don't, you probably are not at risk. So it kind of rules in, rules out those patients. Um, and typically, they'll have a kind of weakened immune system, like I mentioned, increased shortness of breath, sinus respiratory symptoms. Um, those are the common headaches. So there's a few things that are more common. And if they often, if you take a good history, um, Patients go on vacation for 10 days and they feel the best they've ever felt. They're mm-hmm. out of their house or they travel and they feel really well or they're always in their, their, their vacation condo in the mountains and they feel terrible, but when they're at home, they're fine. Mm-hmm. So those kinds of historical clues of changes in environment and changing in the health. Um, and then, of course, if you have a whole family in the same house and they're all having immune issues and autoimmunity and, and dysfunction, some of the symptoms I mentioned, um, certainly not everyone is affected genetically, but often family members are. And so mm-hmm. if multiple people in the same abode are having yep. issues, those are big clues. Yep. So the HMA typing, for patients who want to order directly, Life Extension has the, the, the test. It's just mold genetics. And they can order it themselves. They don't even need a physician. So that's a great way to start is through live extensions, the labs, um, the uh, HLA typing for mold. Great. So that at least gives you an idea if you're the genetic type that's going to be very susceptible because, as you said, there were other people working in your office that were being exposed to the incredibly toxic byproducts of the stachyboitris mold species, which is considered probably the most toxic one, that were maybe not feeling well but nowhere near as ill as you, probably because of their genetic predisposition and specifically your genetic predisposition. So that is a very important first step. Now, I know that there is controversy around, you know, how to properly evaluate your environment. So traditional approaches for screening, let's say a home or an office for mold involve like an air test where a little machine sucks in a certain amount of air and those air samples are sent off and, you know, people look for mold. Can you help us understand a little bit about how to properly assess the air quality or the environment for molds? Because I I believe there's some differing opinions on this. You bet. Um, And this is really important, so I'm glad we're talking about it. And I do want to mention, like if I'm evaluating a patient first coming in and say they have gut issues and headaches or they have some of these symptoms, 
I always start with the most common things like check the gut, check the infectious issues, check the vitamin status. And usually this type of issue with uh, chronic inflammatory response to mold or mold-related illness is more of a second or third-tier diagnosis. So if I'm not getting results on the first basic stuff that everybody needs to have done, then I go to this. Unless they come in and say, gosh, I just had a flood a year ago. That's when my symptoms started. Right. You know, there's a classic story. Mm-hmm. I might go right to mold. But this is not always a thing that we go to first. So that's kind of important to do the basics, the thyroid, the adrenal, the hormone regulation, the vitamin status. Those things are always baseline no matter who you are or what you're dealing with. And then this tends to be something where I'm not getting results that I would expect. I'm like, what else? My job is always the detective. Mm -hmm. So my job is to ask, what else are we missing? And then go down that route. Um, But your original question was about testing the environment. So here's a couple of things. No test is perfect. And when I have a very high suspicion and evidence that points in mold, sometimes I'll have them test and test, and it may take three or four or five times to find a massive mold issue in their home. So if I have patients all the time say, well, we got an air sample and it was perfect. And if I see all the labs that contradict that and it shows that there's a likely issue, I will say we need to, there's something going on. And, and I've learned to trust myself now because I've seen enough of it. And I would say 99% of the time I'm usually right on with that. But sadly, the air sampling, for example, stachybotrys, there was none in my air samples because stachy is a very sticky mold that sticks to the baseboards and does not often get into the air. If it does get into the air, it's a massive issue. So, for example, in my very toxic environment, there was normal air sampling. Mm. And I found the bulk sample in the basement. Um, And that's often how it goes with some of these molds. They may not show up in the air sampling. One thing patients can do themselves is get a... um, ERMI, E-R-M-I test. Mm -hmm. And again, this is controversy, but I think the more data, the better if they have suspicion. This can be ordered directly from mycometrics.com and they can order this dust cloth where they dust uh, their home and the lab does DNA PCR testing for the molds in that dust. And again, no test is perfect, but this will kind of tell the history of the home. And if there's a lot of very toxic molds in that dust sample, we can assume there may have been an issue in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so between looking at the person as far as their DNA typing and then using these different tools to look at the environment and then, of course, overlaying on top of that one of the most important aspects of it, which is the clinical picture and working with a physician or a doctor who's adequately trained in understanding the presentation of mold symptoms to start putting these pieces together to make a potentially suspect diagnosis because sometimes it is not 100% clear and it takes an astute physician who understands the condition to put all these pieces together to make the correct diagnosis and then start somebody on the proper treatment plan. So Dr. Carnahan, I know you don't have a ton of time left with us. I'd like to just take a short break and when we come back, if we can just get into some of the aspects of how to address these issues in regards to cleaning up the home and giving the proper support to the body so that it can effectively deal with these mold toxins because obviously you recovered. Part of that was removing yourself from the environment, but part of it was supporting the detoxification mechanisms and supporting the natural channels in your body that help you deal with these mold toxic issues. And you, if anybody, are one of the most important experts we could have to share this information. So when we come back from the break, we're going to be picking up this conversation with Dr. Carnahan. Don't go anywhere. This is Dr. Passero 
the essentials of healthy living, and we're going to be back right after these words. Solgar Number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar Number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar Number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar Number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar Number no. 7 says yes. Solgar Number no. 7, available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Multivitamins. That's right, certified organic. Made with the highest quality standards. Uncooked, untreated, unadulterated. Non-GMO certified, vegan, and gluten-free. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside the beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists offer a personalized approach to help you with your health needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Some things are hard to stomach, and life doesn't stop for occasional immune challenges or intestinal distress. ProBalarti from Metagenics offers a new targeted probiotic approach for intestinal support. Help maintain control while traveling or as a follow-up to antibiotic therapy to support intestinal flora for healthy intestinal function. ProBalarti provides ID-certified probiotic strains suggested by research to enhance certain aspects of immune function in addition to promoting a healthy balance of intestinal microflora. ProBalarti is the go-to probiotic for patients on the go. Get it today. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM1500, brought to you by The Village Green. I'm Dr. Kevin Passero. Uh, with you today, we're here every Sunday from 10 to 11. My phenomenal co-host, Dana Lake, returns next week. Don't forget to tune into her show. Today, we're talking with Dr. Jill Carnahan on an incredibly important topic related primarily to mold toxicity. Uh, Dr. Carnahan is a renowned functional medicine physician. She has a private practice in Louisville, Colorado, also practice in Boulder, Colorado. Her website has a bunch of amazing information for you to learn more about health and wellness. So visit it. It's www.jillcarnahan.com. Dr. Carnahan, you've been sharing with us your own personal story relating to your battles with different health issues. And we've been talking specifically today about mold. We've discussed all the problems with mold, um, the symptoms it can cause. In the last segment, we talked about ways to evaluate whether or not you're at risk and what your environment might look like. Now let's get down to what do we do if it turns out that yes, in fact, my health issues are related to mold toxicity. Where do we even start? Because as you said, 
part of this, like in your case, was denial. I mean, what are you going to do? You own a home, you work at a job. Yeah. How do you even start the process going from cleaning up the, the we'll, we'll call the macro environment. So that's, you know, the air you're breathing, the place where you live to the micro environment, which is what's happening on a cellular level. Where do we even start this journey? Yes, it can be completely overwhelming. And people just have to keep in perspective that their health is something they can't replace. Things can be replaced. And that really helped me. And now three years later, I'm fine. I have an office back. Everything I need is in there. And and it was no problem to really give up those things. Um, The environment is number one. And I just can't emphasize enough. Yes, you can remediate. um, But these patients often are triggered by very, very small amounts of mold. And even mold dust from old dead mold particles can trigger their immune system. So if you can imagine remediating the mold, killing the mold, that may not do it for certain patients because that dead mold dust that's still hanging around can still stimulate the immune system. So typically if they do remediate, they need a very thorough cleaning, including wiping all the surface areas of the home with a diluted bleach solution or something to the to the effect of, of a cleaner that would take care of it. And that can be a little overwhelming as well. Porous materials like clothing and books, books especially because they can't be cleaned typically, um, probably need to go if it's a super sensitive person. Mm-hmm. Clothing typically can be cleaned, but there may be some items that either can't be washed or um, something along those lines. It's so tough because to it, it, at least in like a fire or a flood, insurance would come yes. in and pay. I mean, I, yes. I don't suppose people get insurance, you know, homeowners insurance coverage mm-hmm. for mold. They do not, and yeah. most policies exclude mold specifically, so it's really terrible because most of the time it's actually specifically not covered. Mm. Um, so, yeah, sadly, there's often loss. Many patients decide it's not worth it. They just move, and that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, not everybody has the financial resources to do that, but if you do, um, leaving everything and walking out of your home might be the best option if you're very, very ill. So, number one, you have to get out of that exposure. You cannot heal if you're continuing to be exposed. It's very, very difficult. And what will happen is patients will become hypersensitized as they start to heal. When you're in that environment, you're totally saturated and flooded and you don't really, you feel ill, but you can't really tell the exposure. Once you start to heal and detox, you can actually get a pretty acute reaction. So often, like for example, I had books in a, in a bin, a plastic bin, and I would open that up. And if I did, I would get immediate headache and symptoms. Mm-hmm. And a lot of patients will describe that. So that's one way to know about the belongings if they're making you sick every time you touch them or open them or whatever, then it's best to store them or get rid of them. So number one, environment. Number two is binders. So you need to help your body get rid of these toxins. And so any of the general detox things like sauna or um, infrared sauna, uh, just hydration and basic, basic detox things are important. And then um, you can use binders. There's prescription binders like cholestyramine or Wellcall that work very effectively to bind the bile acids, which is where the toxins are excreted. And then there's also non-prescription binders. Um, I use the non-prescription binders in my clinical practice. There is not a lot of uh, evidence, but I know that the different binders, the more different binders you get on board, the more types of toxins you're binding. So whether or not you're binding direct mold toxins, you're decreasing the toxic burden of the body. And I will use clay and charcoal, and I will use um, things like glucomyanin, Mm-hmm. that have a really good binding affinity. And I'll often combine multiple binders in the same person to get the best effect of that. Um, glutathione IV or oral can be effective. Typically, I use liposomal because when someone has this massive toxic exposure, their glutathione is pretty dramatically depleted. 
so they're deficient. You can also use things like N-acetylcysteine, lipoic acid, or milk thistle to support the liver detox pathways. And I kind of go individualized, just depending on the patient's genetics and what they need the most. And honestly, just getting them out in the environment, starting binders, um, is, is one of the most important simple things to do. And then you have to look at the body and the gut. You treat the gut. You treat the vitamin deficiencies. You treat colonization in the sinuses if there's bacteria or fungal species in the sinuses um, or in the lungs. So I'll do a check for infections because often these patients have very weak immune system and they've accumulated low-grade infectious burden too. Yeah, that those are really the fundamentals of, of dealing with mold and all of them really have to be in place. And I imagine, I mean, there's all the other fundamentals of healing and wellness. So for example, as you talked about earlier in the show, the immune system can go into this sort of chronic inflammatory response syndrome where it's just constantly trying to react to the mycotoxins that the body can't excrete because of the genetic predispositions. And as a result, you end up with a lot of immune flares and a lot of low-level inflammation. So it's incredibly important to also look at other contributing factors of inflammation and probably one of the most common and abundant sources of inflammatory triggers for people that are dealing with these kinds of issues comes from the diet because it's a source of a huge interface between our immune system and foreign material. And when our immune system is sort of overstimulated from dealing with a chronic issue like this that it can't resolve, it will more likely accidentally target some of these other foreign materials and create food sensitivities and food reactions. So many of these people, although it doesn't lead to their cure or the full resolution of their symptoms, it's very important and they do improve if they start removing highly inflammatory things from their diet, correct? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And it's very common to have autoimmunity, just multiple autoimmune disease develop when someone has a mold exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So making sure that you look at, um, you know, food sensitivity testing and different types of, of ways of dealing with that is incredibly important. And you talked about, of course, the binders being one of the most important thing. And that is something that many doctors in the mold community just rely on heavily, especially that prescription when you talked about cholestyramine because of this idea that these toxins, it's so difficult to excrete them, right? Yes, it just you're kind of aiding the body and pulling out the levels of the toxins. And really, any I mean, we all know general detox principles like supporting the liver and the kidneys and the bowel. So you kind of need to pull all the stops and do all of that. But at the very basic level, get out of the environment, start binders, um, and start the detox pathways. One thing, too, I didn't mention is get a good air purifier. That can do profound, uh, mm-hmm. helpful things to your environment. And do you find that most of your, I mean, yourself, you had your own personal experience, and now three years later, it sounds like your health is dramatically recovered. Is that the trajectory that you see with most patients that are able to implement this treatment strategy with the primary part of it being able to remove themselves from the exposure? You know, that's the key, Kevin, is really them getting out of the environment. For me, I literally dropped everything, left everything, and I know that was such a huge help with my health. And I am like 99% better. I'm back to running. I'm active. I feel good. Um, No, my immune system is stronger. Um, And so... It, it, it is possible. I do see people getting stuck if they're not willing to, to change or get out of the environment. That can be a huge detriment. And some people can't really financially afford. So they have to make choices that are very difficult. Mm-hmm. And I'll just try to support them through that. Um, and getting rid of the low-grade infectious burden is huge, too. So the gut, the infections, the immune system, the detox pathways, all of that is important. And as we've talked about before, I am there is a strong will in me to survive, and I've done all of that um, to get to this point. 
Well, that's great. Dr. Carnahan, thank you so much for taking the time with us today, sharing your personal story, and also sharing your amazing clinical insights as a practicing physician who is a leading expert in these issues. So really, thank you for taking the time. You're welcome. I so enjoyed it. Great. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with The Essentials of Healthy Living, and we'll be back next Sunday from 10 to 11. Until then, wishing you all the best of health. Take care. Did you know at Village Green Apothecary, we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle. Today and every day at Village Green, we care about our customers. We've been providing the best nutrition and healthy living products for over 50 years. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 54. 15 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.